Good morning, evening, or maybe afternoon. Who knows? Whenever you're listening to this, welcome to Null Pointers. We are your hosts, Stephen, Mark, and Gerald. And today we will be talking about building custom UI controls. So stay tuned. So before we dive into our main topic for today, we are recording this in the week of leading up to Black Friday, which in in my case at least has now been stretched out into what feels like weeks of offers for all the things you need in the world. Um, due to COVID, obviously, they don't want to put it all onto one day. So are you guys eyeing up something that you will be getting? Well, I don't actually know if it's like, I think here in the Netherlands, at least it, I feel like they're always stretching it out. Like, well, it's not, it's, it's a, not a month. That's too much, but a week, maybe two weeks before, depending on which store they already start with like, Oh, black Friday, this pre black Friday. And I think I saw even one store just advertised. They weren't even like faking it. They were just saying black Friday week. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, kind of funny, annoying depending on how you look at it. I don't I feel like the um the real discounts are not as crazy here as in the US, but you know, I I've never been in the US here um with all these kinds of discounts, so I don't know about that. But actually, yes, I am eyeballing, well, I don't know what I'm eyeballing actually because, you know, I am a proper YouTube influencer now, so I have been pressing on my YouTube channel. If you haven't done so already, go there, subscribe to it, and it will be all good. Um, but I'm taking the next step and I want to get like the professional camera with the proper bokeh, bokeh? How do you say it? I don't know. That your mm -hmm. background is mm -hmm. faded with non-AI teams kind of stuff. Um, so I'm I'm trying to look into that, and I have some basic knowledge of how cameras work. But uh, man, there's a lot of stuff out there that you can buy and use and do whatever with. So I'm kind of lost on what I want to get. But uh, yeah, that's that's the big. Pro and the other one, which is <laughs> totally stupid, by the way. But the other thing uh, they have like this nice discount offer kind of thing is for changing your internet service provider. So I'm um, going to switch to from coax, which I have now. Is that a thing abroad? I don't know. Um, so at Just least, call it cable. Yeah, cable, whatever. So the signal that also relays <laughs> your TV here at least. Um, and I'm going to fiber. Um, so, you know, because all those YouTube videos and streaming and stuff, um, I could use a proper upload. So I'm, I'm, I'm still deciding between 200, 200 or 500, 500. Uh, but they have some, some nice discounts now as well. So that's something that I'll be doing this week um, too. And I'll be drilling a hole and tapping it off. No, don't <laughs> do it. It will be a long cable. That will be cool. Yeah. So you're fully immersed in your first world problems, as you should be during the week of Black Friday. Mm -hmm. um, we have got a ton of deals here too in Switzerland leading up to Black Friday. I have not yet really found anything that I have the feel I would need. I also don't know if I do need anything. The last time I bought something on a Black Friday deal was a gigantic battery pack, which just barely is under the limits that you can take with on the plane. And yeah, do I need it now during the COVID days? No, not really. 
But um, when I'm traveling sometimes, or I have to give workshops at customers for a day and the power outlet is too far away or my super not ergonomic Mac power adapter does not really fit anymore into any of the plugs, I can now use my battery pack to power my Mac, which is handy, I guess. So yeah, I don't know. Stephen, how about yourself? You got anything... I'm eyeing way too many things, actually. Um, there's a desk on its way <laughs> to me um, because we, we recently redid our entire attic space into an office space. So I'm looking for all sorts of things, monitor arms, um, wireless chargers. I've, I've sent some feelers out on Twitter to actually figure out what I'm supposed to be getting, which which things have good user experiences in my in my twitter followers circle um but yeah it's like you said already the the deals they kind of look like deals but not really um it's it's like i think if you wait a month then those same prices will just be applied for like the regular price for all those products or at least most of them um i think last year i bought a what's it called noise cancelling headphone and i'm still happy that i did but other than that yeah just mainly in-house stuff and i think with a new kid yesterday there was this uh this popular web shop here that does uh certain themes all week every day a different team and yesterday was baby so we now have huge boxes full of diapers and yeah we do we have some <laughs> some stock yeah the the delivery guy was not happy he uh because i was a little bit late with opening the door so you know he, he now he's doing like the the covid way of uh, delivering so basically he puts it all on the curb and then um walks Good away luck, Gerald. Uh, uh, yeah so you know, I was I was a little bit late, so I was coming down, and he was looking a little annoyed because he was already preparing himself to drag all those. I think it was five boxes um, back into his van, but uh, there I was. So you know, um, just but, in yeah, time. Not the most fun expenses, and there's two car seats on the way, which cost a fortune as well, and I don't think they were even very much discounted. But you know, we we need them, so but why not do it now? Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. Is is that something that that goes on the second hand market? I don't even know. I don't know. We didn't really look into it. Not this time. We're we're trying to. If anyone hears this and wants to get some car seats for like a real young kid, then we have one for sale. So reach out. <laughs> yeah, we'll make you a good price. Yes, my friends. Yes, good price. International shipping is yours. <laughs> um, yes, definitely. Okay, well, I'm I'm not quite sure how we're gonna segue into custom controls from that, but we'll we'll just start talking about it. I think that uh, nicely done, Stephen. Just nicely doesn't done. deserve a segue. I mean, it's yeah. just it stands there on its own. It's the contrast, am I right, from yeah. the regular controls to the custom controls. That's how we do it. Okay, you you tried. I good, tried. Good on I you. Tried. Um, so yeah, custom controls. Um, I'm, I'm, I think Gerald actually also made some custom controls because he's, he's currently doing all the, the camera view cool stuff in the Xamarin community toolkit, but just to, to keep everyone a bit up to speed, what is a custom control? Well, obviously in every 
language or, or programming system, you have great uh, controls already out of the box, labels, text boxes, all that good stuff. But sometimes you just run into something that isn't there yet. Um, or maybe you want to make your own little um, combination of some of these existing things to make something new. So that's where a custom control basically comes in and you'd code up all these nice new features into something that you can call your own. So Gerald, I think you, you've spent quite some time on camera view, as I said. I have my own pancake view. Mark, what do you have? Well, you know, it's not, not nothing, nothing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Just say it's some proprietary. Oh, yeah, right, right. No, I got some really nice proprietary view things in a proprietary private repository. You should see them. They're great. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you said it there before, um, building custom controls. Uh, usually you do it when you have some inspiration, how you could do a new view layout because you just dabbled on one on Drivel or the other site that I just can't remember right now. And then you sometimes have to do them on your own. Or sometimes a designer comes up and says, I've got the best idea in the world. And you look at it and you just know this will be some work. But yeah, that's how custom controls usually are born. And then it's a pop-out combo box. <laughs> yeah. Now, talking about custom controls, I mean, one thing that we have to get off the bat is, should you really write them on your own or should you just hire Gerald to do it what no you've been seeing the camera view but um, I have to be honest here there was a uh, member on the Xamarin Forms team what was his nickname again I can't even remember well anyway um, he left pretty soon after I joined and he basically did all the hard work um, and we just that PR has been sitting there forever so we just took that and um, merged it basically and with the whole Xamarin Community Toolkit, I have been the proper manager. I have been delegating all the things and um, not doing any coding myself. So that's awesome. Um, so no, but you're absolutely right. And so the thing you're asking, Mark, um, buying or building your own, I mean, it 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 depends as always. Like I think, um, does it, how much, it's basically like just, you know, how much it's going to cost you to actually do that versus um, how much value it will bring you. So, you know, if you have to spend a year to build that custom control, if you think about like, I don't know, the data grids with all kinds of things in it, uh, that you might have to do spending some time uh, before you can get that in. And your client is probably not going to wanting to pay for you to work on that for a full year and not have making any progress on the rest of the app. Um, so, you know, then it's probably a lot cheaper to buy something like that. But um, if it's something much smaller, then, uh, you know, you can probably slap something together. And if you are a real nice guy and um, or girl, of course, enter project allows you to do that then uh, you wrap it into a nice nuget package put it on github and everyone can benefit from it um so you know it i think that's kind of like the the big thing to consider like how much time it's going to cost you because you know whenever you look at like the big control vendors um they have written that thing once and they're selling it multiple times so the cost will be um probably much much lower than when you will have to spend all the time and effort on it yourself yeah, I think where the buy it uh, solution kind of falls apart, typically for me at least, is customizations. 
because there's always going to be that one thing that you need it for that it doesn't do, um, or it needs to look a specific way and it's it's just not themable enough or not not adjustable enough to make it to make a designer happy most usually. Um, so that that's where you really have to think to yourself, do you really want to spend all that time, like you said, developing your own just to make it look a little bit better? Um, or do you just go with it and take what you have and save a lot of time that way? Um, typically, that that that's a choice that I'm usually not responsible for. So I'm glad about that. But I would always opt for the it's been built by someone else. It's supported, uh, probably also better tested than, than what you're going to build. So yeah, I'd, I'd go for buy it if it's available and covers like 95% of what you need. Yeah, and you you actually saying one very important thing here, like, you know, you always have to look out whenever you go to third-party controls or things. Like, you know, you can take something from GitHub uh, or NuGet or wherever, but, you know, that is in, in the majority of cases just developed by one person. So, you know, whatever um, happens when something happens to that person or, you know, they maybe just are fed up with maintaining it and they will stop doing it. So um, if you are going to really use these things in an enterprise app, then um, also the, the support and maybe the uh, company that is backing it that might be very important things to consider whenever you start looking into controls by um, other people or other companies yeah um i fully agree um usually what always comes to mind on my end is like using charts uh, i know we have now some really nice charting libraries for free on github that we can use like for xamarin forms so you can always look out there but there's always like this trade-off when you use something from uh, a third party, uh, maybe paid or open source, as Stephen said. Uh, I think it's really important that you know what are the requirements that you have towards the design uh, when choosing a control that you haven't built yourself. And when you go down the rabbit hole of, oh, I'll be building this on my own, uh, have an idea. How much effort will it be to build it? How much effort will it be to maintain that part of code? Because you will have to do that and you also have to document it and, 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 and some of those third party options, they then suddenly become not only uh, a lot easier to integrate, but uh, also a lot more financially viable out of a uh, product development cost perspective. So that's uh, surely something that we have to keep in mind. But sometimes uh, what you need is something really small. It might be some fancy custom button. It might be some nice looking picture with a beautiful border with some shadow effects, uh, stuff like that. And for those things, uh, yeah, you might not find a custom control that already someone has written. So you will have to go it on your own and develop that thing uh, while you do it. So Stephen, since you seem to be the person with the grand experience writing pancake views, what are some of the things that we should consider when going down this path? Yeah, so building your own uh, there's there's a lot of things to consider, obviously. Like the the packages that I've built are all based on my own personal needs. So feature-wise, they do exactly what I want them to do uh, in the project that I needed them for, and nothing more, nothing less. So over time, obviously, people start using it, have ideas, um, and you try to add those in. But it, it, yeah, like Gerald already said, it's just me and time is a thing and I can only spend it once. And at the moment, 
it's not there. So yeah, it, it, building your own is is all very nice. And and if you if you have a very specific goal, which I had, uh, I think it's it's worth the effort because you you both learn something from it, and in the end, it also does what you need it to do for for the app that you're building. Um, but I I am finding it harder and harder to maintain that stuff to be honest in in my case the pitfalls are because it's a it's mainly a visual library right you have you have a lot of components that maybe just do some heavy processing or something that isn't visual but the visual problem that comes along is you're supporting a lot of different platforms a lot of different technologies ios android uwp you name it um so yeah, just one random device made somewhere in China might have some strange rendering issue. Um, you'll get an issue for that and it's going to be hard to reproduce. So yeah, the the bug fixing, it kind of depends where you draw the line, I guess. If, if it's something that you built just for the project and you know that that device is never going to get used anyway, um, you might just disregard that kind of bug and... If it is something that you release into the wild, like Gerald said on NuGet, then that opens up a whole new world of problems, if you want to call it that. But it is it is fun to do. I mean, it's not not that I'm slagging it off as something horrible. Okay, but um, so if we think like, and I think we all have the most experience doing this in like the the examine kind of space, but you know this this concept exists everywhere um, um by the way while you were talking i remembered a little pro tip right here because um, you know a lot of people are looking for custom controls and i know that is it sync fusion oh now i'm confused i think it's sync fusion they have this community license so as long as you're like below one million um uh, making one million a year and just a single developer or something then you can use their controls like for free um, so that is pretty awesome. It, it was sync yes, fusion, or maybe it, it was yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so you know, little pro tip right here for you. Um, link in the show notes. Thank me later. Um, but so, and what are the things to consider? So if I think about like the time when I did this, um, of course, in in Xamarin, one of the big things is of course MVVM data binding. So you will quickly descend like into the things of um, bindable properties, which is always something that people find um, hard to. Um, wrap their heads around um, are there other things that we can think of or came across like what what you want to implement what you want to uh, take into account when creating these kinds of things well um thinking back um i originally started writing saml when i was still on the windows platform like with wpf and uwp later on and uh there usually one really good thing how you could start out is you took a control which was already behaving a lot in the way that you wanted it to and then you just customized its styling so you could take a button and then you could just customize the the view template of that so using controls that already are doing something very similar in function can already bring you a long way now thinking about how we do this in Xamarin forms it's a bit different because the underlying rendering templates they not do not allow to take a button and then just change how it looks totally as it was as it is possible, uh, for example, on UWP or, or WPF. So what I sometimes did is you design around that button 
so it's still like more or less a standard button, but it hasn't really got any any colors or stuff like that. And then you just design the the visual parts around it. And what I really liked with that approach is when you think about the accessibility, like if you want that your apps can be used with people that are visually impaired, you still have got a actual button control there within that control. So it can still be found by those uh, assistance pro those assistive software bits that are part of the operating system and one of the solutions that you know takes maybe a different route if you look at like uh, maybe the flutter based things um, i think flutter also uses skia and that's also a big thing in like xamarin forms um, but whenever you go that route then that you will you, you know you can create beautiful custom controls i'm trying to think of there is a library i think that does that um, but yeah, then then you will lose all that functionality that you will get for free whenever you use the um, the OS kind of things, right? So that's like the big downside for me, at least, um, to use those kinds of things, especially in terms of like the accessibility. Um, yeah, you you really want to have that right, basically. Um, so yeah, then you really come into the area of like, what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the the good looks, um, the usability, because it's not just the accessibility; it's also like um, the really simple things that whenever you are starting to draw your own um, entry box, um, then, you know, your auto-suggest is not going to pop up that uh, people are used to from your iOS or Android because um, the OS doesn't realize that this is an entry. Um, so suddenly you will have to come up with some way to also implement that, um, preferably native, because, you know, then it will work with all the suggestions that are living in your keyboard. Um, so, you know, that will add a whole different layer of complexity, basically, uh, whenever you go that route. So, um, yeah, that's that's all things to consider and um, interesting stuff to think about. Absolutely. And another thing that just came to mind when you were speaking about skiers. Uh, scaling or re having responsive controls. Uh, so if you are designing some controls that might be looking really great on your tablet, will they also be available or can you even still use them on your phone or when you go to a desktop computer or just like having different resolutions, will they scale up, scale nicely to these different form factors? I have seen certain solutions implemented in Skia that were looking really great on the device that the developer was using but as soon as you took a different tablet because it had like a different resolution of the screen the suddenly the control started to look not anymore as nice um yeah those are those are things that you sometimes have to consider if you go really down that uh i'm doing everything on my own route another great discussion uh i know steven you probably have got one or two words to say there is should you build this ginormous godlike control or should you make many small controls that you can then or have to then stitch together? What are your thoughts on this, Stephen? I would personally go for the smaller controls route. Um, I, I, I have worked with these, like, for example, these, these big grid, data grid type controls in the past, and I'm always overwhelmed at the amount of options that that thing has. Um, and I think at some point it also as a maintainer becomes quite a nightmare um, because everything that you touch, well, the more other things that it does, the more chances of breaking something else, obviously. Um, so if you look at, uh, for me at least, I think I'd, I'd go for the smaller controls that are just pointed at a single purpose, basically. 
I think when you when you take also smaller controls, it doesn't mean that you cannot also uh, provide a larger canvas out of them. So I really like to having the option of having these singular controls, but also sometimes some more complex controls that are stitched together out of these different parts. Like uh, if you make an entry form, uh, which you got some special styling around it and maybe some nice buttons on the right, so stuff like that. Um, you could like make that button design on its own so that I can reuse that um, individual styling in different parts of my app and not just in forms, but also having these simple building blocks that I can then construct to larger things maybe already in there if I... Uh, want to use them. So uh, I think it doesn't mean that you can't mix and match both, but usually when you got smaller controls, you also provide a more fine-grained control. But then again, uh, you got the other trade-off that the other person really has to understand how these things might fit together. Yeah, so that's like another thing to consider, right? If you are, again, if you're going to maybe publish this on NuGet and make it available to others or maybe just make it available within your own company, I mean, that is um, definitely an option as well. So, you know, then this comes into play basically like, okay, do I want to make it like styleable all the way to uh, make everyone make it look and feel as it is their own? Um, or, you know, am I just going to hard code all of our um, own company values in there, make it have the right background color and whatever, and make some other things only reusable? Uh, because, you know, this thing is only going to be um, used within this this company app as well. I mean, I have worked at some point for like um, on an assignment for a much bigger company that basically had their whole own set of frameworks and UI elements and whatever because you know that's what what they were using for all their apps because they were so big and they had so many applications that they had uh, a use for that and you know so they had their own NuGet feed their own components and uh, those kinds of stuff and they knew that they would never um, leave the company so yeah uh, some of that stuff was hard coded and um, other stuff was then more flexible because um, it was it was only purpose to be proprietary so um, yeah the beautiful walled garden of design themes yeah uh, but trying trying to avoid the discussion about does it even make sense to have your private owned garden and the documentation and and then um, another thing that uh, when you are creating these um, custom controls as we have discussed before I think it's always great to have a look in the past and by the past i mean xarin forms we just did an episode on xarin forms 5 and there we also talked about this thing that when you write a custom control you can cut a corner like you can make it really easy to do that one thing that you now right now want to do or you can take a step back and think well so i'm now adding this functionality could it be a swipe view something like that so i'm now adding a swipe view and i actually just needed in this one list view elements and i'll just add it there and i'll be done with it or do you want to take a step back and just think well maybe i need to use this swipe view uh, on all kinds of controls and i just and i don't want to limit myself to only be there for one element and only providing the options for the user to only place in there a label or or an image or something like that um, but really allowing the user to customize how not only where it can be applied, but also what uh, the content that is presented uh, can be. 
Absolutely. But the other thing is like you want to probably iterate, right? So if you're going to work forever on this big reusable control that's never going to be released because you keep adding stuff and people keep asking like, hey, add this, add that. Um, you probably just want to, you know, uh, talking about those small controls, you want to um, start small enough to provide some value and then um, release that and then iterate on that to add more and more and more. That is how agile projects work, Mark. Have you learned nothing? Sorry, I was stuck in my waterfall. What were you saying? <laughs> this is a waterfall. <laughs> Are we now doing the white noise podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I totally agree. Um, usually, I'm I'm not a big fan of steep upfront investment costs uh, without really knowing where the thing will go, um, and that was not what my intention was. It maybe was more a bit the taking the perspective that writing a really good custom control can take quite some time and we said it at the beginning that you always have to take into consideration do you want to build it on your own or do you want to buy it because if you look at it how much time and investment is done into something like Xamarin Forms framework there are people working full time on there uh, providing these controls and these customization features it's no small feat and as you said Gerald I think it also takes some time to learn how to do these things how to do them properly and yeah I mean don't get me wrong do it try it make mistakes uh, and get better doing it uh, I know I'm still doing mistakes when writing my custom UI controls and every time you, you learn something new uh, and there are some tactics that you can then use to apply how you can improve on writing these custom controls. Okay, so maybe to you know get a sense for what we are talking about here, there are at least you know if we stick again to the examine space, I think there is a couple of you know maybe they're commercial, maybe they're not. What are good reusable controls that we are using? Of course, Pancake View. Um, we've already mentioned the uh, Xamarin Community Toolkit. We will hopefully um, have a lot of this stuff already. It already has the camera view. It already has the expander that uh, was in Xamarin Forms before. It has the media element, which is um, also, I think, something that is very important in apps nowadays. It can play videos. It can play um, audio. So that is really cool. And I think um, Stephen has very willingly donated his state squid, which is now named uh, state layout, where you can, you know, just um, view some shimmering things, some loading animations, or um, do some other stuff, uh, depending on the state that your control might be in. Um, and and uh, uh, Javier has um, added his tab view, which is the fully customizable tab bar that uh, a lot of people are waiting for i think so you know that already has a lot of great controls um the other thing that comes to mind and then i'll let you talk for a little bit is um the sharp nato so jean marie is doing a lot of great stuff with also shadows and i think also tab views and also kind of list view collection view kinds of things but uh you know he's really um going the extra mile to make it uh give it that extra polished look um and and make it all just um yeah look really great right out of the box um, so that is a couple of the controls i think sharpnado is all free if i'm not mistaken yes he's doing it out of the kindness of his own heart and probably you know to create a little portfolio for himself which is of course perfectly fine um and then you have of course like uh, sync fusion that we've already mentioned who has pdf views 
grid views. I don't know what they all have. They have a lot. Uh, Teleric is still one, or Teleric. I don't know. Still don't know how you pronounce that. Um, any other things that that you have in mind? Yeah, I know of the Aurora controls. I think it's called, um, which does something similar. Well, I haven't heard of Aurora controls myself, but I'll have to definitely check out the show notes then. Another one that comes to mind is Grile Kits, where they provide not only single controls, but also some layouts that you can use uh, for your apps. And yeah, I mean, Sharpnado, I haven't used it in a personal project for so far, but I really like his 80s synth look that uh, Jean-Marie provides. And you can really see how much care for detail he invests into that. Uh, UI package there. So definitely worth checking it out. And of course, the Xeron Community Toolkit, which Gerald really mentioned, has got a lot of great contributions. And I think it's about to be released very soon. It might already be released by the time this airs. Or are there any guesstimates from you too? No, not really. Not really. I've I've done my fair share of saying we're almost there. We're almost there, and uh, you know we are we are waterfalling this thing. And uh, no, that's that's not the case. But uh, you know uh, stuff changes, and we did add the C sharp markup, uh, which was basically the last bit that we had to take from um, Xamarin Forms because I think that is the biggest problem we have right now that we need to coordinate with the Forms team a little bit to um, you know let these things land at the same time. Um, so that's the thing that we're waiting on we're trying to shape up the documentation um steven i think you have some things that you said you would take so um, yeah update that. <laughs> no so um uh, oh if you're listening to this uh steven doesn't have the time so you know if you fancy writing some documentation then contact me and i'll set you up um so you know there's there's a couple of things in motion that we need to finish but uh yeah we're planning at least to you know have the things ready uh the same day uh, that xamarin forms 5 is going stable so yep so there will be an end date to this <laughs> because coming soon. it's coming soon okay so with that i think we can close off this episode we've been your hosts steven davison mark alibone and gerald slice if you have any cool custom controls that we haven't covered, maybe you built one yourself, maybe you know some others that we just haven't mentioned, feel free to catch us on Twitter at NullPointers.io. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Stay safe. And above all else, until next week on NullPointers. Pointers.